So Alex, thanks for thanks for giving me the time. Really, it's, yeah. You're precious. Is it Friday? Friday evening. And um, I know there's a whole lot of better plans than just to sit down with me and waste another hour of your life. But you're very gracious with your time, so I thank you. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, it's great to be here. I, I'd say this is a pretty good use of my time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, I like it. Thank you. You know, the first time I saw you, I, I, I remember I thought it, he's a combination of, and I'm saying this as a compliment because I like both these people, um, Ross from Friends and Mark Normand, that uh, comedian. Like, uh, do you watch Joe Rogan's um, episodes where he brings up a bunch of his comedian friends Calls the he calls the episodes protect our parks. No, uh, I have not. So I'm not familiar with this Mark Norman guy. But thank you for telling me. I look like Ross. That's actually the the very first time I got compared to uh, David Schwimmer. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, no, he's uh, (laughs) both of them are very funny. But this Mark Norman guy, he's witty. He's really quick, and he's um, I mean, he's a lovely comedian. Everybody loves him. Uh, anyway, okay, um. So, how long have you been in Mexico now? Uh, it's been three months now. But it's not your first time for sure. No. So, I was actually living here before in 2020, off yeah. and on. So, I was actually, the first time I came was in uh, January mm-hmm. of 2020. And then, the, then that, that, thing, that, that thing that should not be talked about uh, <laughs> hit us in uh, March of that year. And I ended up... Um, leaving abruptly back mm-hmm. home to Texas. Uh, but then I came back uh, September of that year, you know, thinking that, you know, things were going to get better by now, by, by that point. And um, uh, as you yeah. very well know, they didn't. So, uh, yeah, I, as far as, you know, this, uh, coming back this time around, um, I had, um, so I was living in New York mm. uh, before coming back to Mexico City. And... Um, just had some, uh, some life changes that happened, uh, okay. in New York that caused me to, uh, leave the city and then, you know, find, uh, uh, find somewhere else yeah. to stay for a while. Nice. Um, so this is your second time. And at first time, uh, how was your experience? Like the first time, was it too different from the States? Like you, you lived in Texas before, right? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Nice. And so, uh, was it so jarringly different and like, did it take too much to adjust to the culture or maybe, I don't know, the way just people live here and you have to kind of fit in? Um, no, I, I don't think it was that hard to adjust, uh, mainly because uh, I think it's, it's a couple of things, actually. So one, um, I do speak uh, a decent amount of Spanish. Uh, you which spoke I, before even coming down. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I learned back in high school. Oh, good for you. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so I already... I already had a good grasp of the language okay. that, and which by the way, just helps totally wherever you live in the world. Oh yeah. Um, so that was, so that's one thing. And the other thing is that, uh, when I was a kid, my family and I would go to Mexico a lot for vacation. Mm. Um, cause, uh, for people, for people in Texas, it's very common to uh, fly to Cancun mm. for vacation. Cause, uh, we don't have a beach anywhere in Dallas, unfortunately. So, um, if we wanna, if we wanna put our feet in the sand, then usually can't. It's 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 either gonna be Cancun or it's gonna be uh, Florida. So, you know. So yeah. I already, 
you know, so I think that, uh, you know, coming to Mexico many times definitely helped as well. Yeah. Nice. Why doesn't anyone go to West coast in Mexico? No one goes to Los Cabos except for Californians. Like I was there a month ago, two months ago and everybody just was from California, I guess. It's a little bit of proximity, but was is Texas too far from Los Cabos? Honestly, I don't know. The only people I've met uh, who've gone to Los Cabos are people over the age of 60. <laughs> okay. I got you. Yeah, I was, uh, there was just, uh, a bunch of rad up people walking around in the city, especially the city I was in because it was not the party city. But, oh, man, it was, it was a good time. I like Los Cabos. I don't know why. Um, anyway... Are you, so are you, are you leaving now? Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of wanted to give myself a few months here. Um, so I'm, I'll be going to, uh, Oaxaca for a week. That's going to be my next spot, but just for a I short was gonna, time. I was going to go. I was actually planning. Everybody keeps telling me you should go, you should go, especially, um, now that you have the chance to work remotely and then you're here already go. Cause I'm kind of getting bored and I will, I'm, I'm in a mood to just book my ticket back but people tell me man you have you you haven't seen anything if you don't go there so tell me like how, how what's the best way to get there and like is it safe how should i like is should you should you go to a hostel is the best or an airbnb would be the better option uh so i've never been to oaxaca this will be my first time going uh but from from what i've heard from other people is that uh, it is uh, the city itself is pretty safe mm-hmm. so i'm not too concerned about that going in for the first time um as far as where i'm staying so i'm actually so normally i like to stay in airbnbs or hostels mm-hmm. um depending on not so much hostels anymore uh, now that i'm i'm in my 30s and uh it's just not as appealing to me anymore but i still like it for occasional weekend trips right uh but this time around, I'm trying something different, and that's staying at a, a co-living space. How does that work? So, basically, you can either rent, um, like rent a, a bed in a, in a dormitory-style mm-hmm. room, or you can rent a private room, which is what I'll be doing. And you can also meet other people that are living there and like share a kitchen. So there's, it fosters this sense of community that, you know, you, you don't really get, uh, at a hostel or an Airbnb. Right. So like people are staying there for a longer period of time. Uh, there's a co-working space, mm. uh, at, at a lot of these places. So you can actually like work remotely there. Uh, and that helps as well. So, yeah, I, I feel like I just need something a little different. I, I feel, I feel you totally on, uh, on the boredom, you know, staying somewhere for a while. And I think, um, as humans, you know, we, you know, sometimes we just need a break from the city and just like go somewhere, go somewhere that's smaller, quieter, and just like immerse ourselves in some nature, mm. which is what I plan to do. hundred percent. So Oaxaca has a, has great nature, right? Uh, outside of the city there okay. is. Yeah. Like there's the, um, the ruins of Monte Alban. Uh, which is a pretty popular tourist attraction. And there's, um, there's definitely some other things too. Uh, I'm not, I don't really know off the top of my head, but there's definitely some, some cool spots outside the city. Yeah. I've heard praises about Waka. So I I should probably go before, again, I hit that return button. Well, Um, if I'm a, if I'm a good guest on your show, uh, maybe you can join me. 
<laughs> oh, 100%. I would love to. Like, you're going tomorrow, right? I am. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's a little too early, man. I, I mean, don't know, man. Maybe you could, uh, maybe a, could stop by during the week, you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. I don't know. We'll see. But I was going to ask about this co-living space. So is it mostly expats that they live there? And then like, what's the um, hygiene situation? And like, is it clean? Like, is, is there, is there a plan? <laughs> I'm sure it's clean because you're going there, obviously. And you're, you're a neat person. But um, like, do they have like, is, is there, do they have a platform where they like, you can view the ratings and the reviews and like make sure that everything's just buttoned up and you know yeah so i i always read reviews before i book anywhere mm -hmm. um and i'd say you know primarily google maps is a good resource uh, a lot oh. of a lot of reviews on there and then sometimes uh, sometimes you can find these co-living spaces on other sites like booking.com or uh, hostel world and you know also read the reviews there so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty particular. Okay, so there's no central website like Airbnb. So how did you find this one? Uh, I I literally just googled uh, co-living spaces in yeah. Oaxaca. Okay. And this the, the one that I'll be staying at is like one of the first ones that showed up. Okay. And fairly new as well. Nice. Yeah, Google answers everything these days. Have you tried Bing? No, I no, just Google. No, recently you have, have you have not tried Bing at all? I Bing, uh, do you know about the recent update that Bing has had made? I have no Bing? idea. No, have you heard of ChatGPT? Yes, I have. Oh, there you go. Well, that's from Microsoft, right? And they've made it kind of proprietary. Like everything used to be open source. Now they've built this giant model that is like super fast and like genius. It gives you genius answers. It's like solving puzzles for kids at school. It's writing essays for kids. And um, now they're powering their search engine with this chat GPT, like not chat GPT, but this GPT model. And it's amazing. It's just everybody's, it's, um, it's like, a, I don't know, it's a weird period in history. Everybody's transitioning to Bing, although I've never thought it was to happen. But, oh, yeah, that's, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. But yeah, I'm trying to avoid AI for as long as I can. So, so far it's, it's going well, but you know, you might have to, uh, ask me that question again a year from can now. Can I can I know what line of business you're in? Uh, I'm a software engineer. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah. Wow. Look, I thought you might be in, in finance or something. I never asked. So. No, uh, no. I, I'd say like most um, most digital nomad types, um, which I'm not. I'm not too fond on that word. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say a a lot of people who work remotely in other countries, like they tend to be software engineers yeah yeah you're right but what what's what stack uh, do you work with what kind are you like i don't know java person or uh so my specialty is in front-end development and mm -hmm. ui design but okay. currently uh i work as a full stack developer oh nice what's 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 your back end i'm sorry if i'm like too particular about this if these questions are too specific no you're I'm, good i'm in a field too like i'm curious just to know what do you work uh, with for the backend stuff? Uh, so at my current position, I, I typically, I mostly work with uh, SQL. Oh, nice. So it's like very, it's a very database heavy wow. kind of job. Okay. Um, but I'd say that's, that's about it as far as the backend goes. Oh, right. Um, there's no other languages that I'm currently mm -hmm. using okay. in the backend. That's nice. Cool. Yeah, this ChatGPT thing is getting me worried, man. I'm I'm reading things. I'm 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 excited, on some level, 
But on the other hand, I I think about it and I'm like, man, this is coming a little too fast, and it's it's just a matter of time. Like, um, there's this extension on GitHub, uh, Copilot, and I have they they have integrated it with with ChatGPT, and then it debugs your code, it it answers your question in code. It's like it does everything. It creates documentation for your code. Um, pull request documentation it's just it's so scary i don't know it's it's kind of scary yeah i i agree uh so you know i i like to think that uh yeah i like to think that smartphones mm. even came out too fast like i feel like smartphones came out like not that long after after cell phones did yeah like when no. cell phones were becoming mainstream like in the early 2000s I, I honestly believe that smartphones should have come out at least like 10 years later than they should yeah. have. Yeah. No, I know. feel that. I still remember my uncle having this huge, gigantic contraption in his hand. He called it like cell phone or like whatever. And just a couple of years after, people were taking photos with their phones. And then later they were just make, having video calls. It's insane. It's going too fast. Like there's there's two theories about this. Like people say, it kind of relieves us from all the mundane and then like labor, physical labor, or just like work that does not matter as much, not as creative, and helps us, gives us the chance to focus on more creative, important stuff. All the other stuff will be just kind of um, you know devolved to robots, relinquished to robots. But um, on the other hand, you never know. I mean. Um, tractors kind of replaced a lot of farmers back in the day, and so there was a the, this feudal or the, the rich farmer that could afford all these tractors, and he only needed like probably a couple guys to operate them, and he let go of all the other farmers. So I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, yeah, it's I I try not to think about it too much because it just depresses me. But I I think you know to to try and put a positive spin on this is that um it's to look at it as you know just another version like a like an industrial revolution 2.0 mm -hmm. and just see that as long as you're you know keeping your skills up to date and that you know they can making sure that you know your job isn't the kind of job that can be replaced by ai then i would like to think that that you're going to be okay in the future i hope so like even comedians, we talk about comedians. Now you can ask ChatGPT. Like you can go right on a website right now, and it's so quick and it's serving all of, everybody on on this planet. Um, just write a comedy set in the style of Joe Rogan, and it will just spit it out hundreds times faster than Joe Rogan would probably. Oh man! <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stay away from that uh from that software as much as I can. Yeah. 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 Haven't I still I still haven't used it and I'm 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 proud of that. So, uh -huh. I'm going to try and keep it that way as long as I can. But yeah. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, good for you. No, sometimes I use it at work just like cuz I feel like this is so efficient that I can't say no to it. But I don't know. I don't know. Where do you think this world is going? Are we getting replaced by robots? Uh, it, it seems that way. I mean, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we don't end up 
living the the plot of Terminator. Mm. Um, you know, but yeah, man, who it's like, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm really not the best at predicting the future. Yeah, I don't think anyone like. Yeah, yeah. for me, fair. it's like you know, I don't want. I just want to like. I, I just want to live a simple life. I, nice. I kind of, I really long for, uh, I, I'm a very, I consider myself a very nostalgic person. Yeah. You know, I long for the old days. You know, I, I love, I love any sort of media from like anywhere from the sixties to the nineties. And like, you can, you can put me back any, like any, any time, uh, from, from those decades and I will be a happy man. Oh Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a few of those friends. Yeah, those are those, those are good times. I mean, things were simpler, I guess. We didn't have so much stress. Things were so fast. We kind of, I guess, um, our biology is having, a, it's my thinking, our biology is having a hard time catching up with all these uh, innovations and improvements. And it's like, it just needs, we just need to, I feel like in myself, and it just, I just need to catch a break take a long break and just slow the fuck down i know i i don't even you know i i don't even look forward to the future anymore you know i feel like we have enough technology in the world as it is like i yeah. I, I don't i really like and, and this is very ironic considering that like that i work in the tech industry mm-hmm. but i i don't want tech to evolve that much like right. i think we're fine because you know that you know with with technology it's it's a double-edged sword you know on one hand like yes it does make life more convenient uh however it also makes people lazy yeah and, but how yeah exactly how convenient do you want it to get like are you not comfortable enough like i think we're just moving the ne- needle a little too far in one direction and one aspect and leaving out a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, like it's still, like, a lot of infrastructure in a lot of countries is not good. Like, people in Africa still don't have clean water, struggling for that. And yet we have cars that drive themselves. Um, yeah, right. It's a little imbalanced, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And I watch. it's funny that you mentioned uh, ChatGBT because uh, I, I recently watched the, the latest South Park episode. Right. Uh, okay. in which uh, heavily featured uh, ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah. Was it also written by ChatGPT? It actually was. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. Not not the whole episode, but uh, the last part of it. There was like one scene where, um, where the character uh, where, where Stan is. Uh, tr- I'm trying to remember. Like he's trying to. Um, he he has like some kind of. I don't I don't want to spoil the episode for those who haven't seen it, but. He, he has a problem that he's going through and he doesn't know how to fix it. So he ends up like relying on chat GBT and then like the whole, like that whole scene is literally written by AI. Oh, wow. Was it distinctively, like, did you know beforehand that it was written by chat GPT? Uh, not before, but it was pretty evident during the scene. And then at the end credits, um, it literally, uh, it literally credits, uh, chat gbt as one of the writers oh wow <laughs> okay there yeah. you go copywriters you're out <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah it's, it's it's interesting yeah if uh i mean yeah if you haven't if you haven't seen that episode i highly recommend it mm. 
See what happened with this. Yeah, I, I don't know why this goes to sleep while I'm recording stuff. Why would you do that? I want to see what's happening on the screen. Anyway. Yeah, so I'm a little nervous about that. But at the same time, like you, I just want to live a simple life. And I just want to like, enjoy it. I'm, I'm in my 20s. Uh, late 20s. And I can't even believe that I'm already in my late 20s. Um, I just want to live and enjoy my life, but I don't know. It's just too many concerns. Um, like part of me wants to go somewhere, start a farm and start a family on that farm. Just be oh, so I feel you. Self-sustained <laughs> and self-sufficient and just don't have to do anything with anyone except for like, yeah, yeah. Some friends just like hang out with a few friends, keeps like a, a, a oh, nice man. social circle, but that seems so impossible at this climate and this feel like. I don't know if your experience with dating, but I thought in my like in my late twenties I'll be married, like at least newly married, and then we'll be thinking about maybe having kids soon, and then just planning a little bit of like this family life for my future. But now I just have zero hope for the foreseeable future that anything remotely close to that will happen. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you about that. And actually, it's it's funny you said that because I was thinking about that same thing recently. And yeah, I think that's why we're seeing the the rise of uh, the the so-called uh, passport bros who, you know, I think that's, you know, I, th- I think part of, you know, part of the reason that a lot of guys, you know, go to uh, other countries to to meet women is that, you know, they want to find... Uh, a more traditional woman to to yeah. settle down with, you know. And I I don't know about like the 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 farm life and all that. Like maybe you know that's I, I'm sure some of them do want that. But um, yeah, I think you know dating has uh, gotten pretty complicated in in Western countries, and um, so I, I I think for a lot of guys like there is there is that longing to live a you know to just live a more simple life, you know get get married and you know have children and um and to provide for them like that that gives purpose and agency in life the only thing is mostly western countries what happened with the west oh man i it's it's not just one reason um i mean there's there's a lot of things um i think i think as as we said you know before you know technology yeah uh has made life more complicated with uh with the rise of social media and dating apps. So people have a lot more options now for mate selection. Mm. And the problem with having too many options is that uh, people just become more picky and it's hard just to settle on one person. Yes, yeah, that paradox. Was it? The- a par- uh, paradox. Paradox of choice. Paradox of choice, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well... I don't know, like, you always, yeah, exactly, like, you always are looking for something better, you feel like there's something better out there, I deserve better, this could be better, instead of maybe, like, if you run into some issues, and you, instead of um, putting your head to work and probably solve the problem, the easy option is the way, like, just leave the way out, and then you'll find another person that doesn't have those problems. Yeah, it it, it it sucks. Um yeah, I, I keep telling you know, I, I keep having like these thoughts in my head that you know 
if I was if I was the same age I am today, 20 years ago, I would have already been married and safe to assume at least have one kid. At the very least, have one. Because I, I remember even, even back then, like most people got married by the age of 30. Right. Like that was just, con- it, it wasn't, it was, uh, there was this slight stigma mm-hmm. of, you know, being single, uh, you know, like being single or yeah. like being a bachelor in your 30s. Uh, but now, like, I, I feel like that stigma doesn't exist anymore. Like, now you could, you know, um, there's really no, like, there's no pressure, like, being put on people that, you know, like, to, like, to, like settle down and raise a family. There's no pressure. There's no incentive. And, like, when you hear these horror stories of people, how they end up after divorce, and especially men, how they get robbed of all their livelihood, you know, and especially in the States and Canada, the rules are just so bent in one direction yeah it's also not a very wise choice i guess to get married unless you absolutely really know the person like been together for so long and and, you know it's just a scary choice yeah so i'm uh, i consider myself pro-marriage like i think you know marriage has a lot of benefits Mm-hmm. And, but again, but you're right. You, you do need to right, find the right person for that. And that's, you know, that can be very, you know, it is very difficult. And, you know, there are, yes. And the finance, I think you should also be aware of, you know, the financial ramifications mm-hmm. if divorce does happen. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that sway me from giving marriage a chance. Yeah. Yeah, if felt with the right person for sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how we ended up here, but back to Mexico. Like before, <laughs> before it's like, all good. <laughs> two, two. So two years ago was your first visit on your own, right? Other than that, you were just like going to Cancun with family, like having a short vacation. Maybe that was your experience in Mexico, right? But now you came down. First of all, how nervous or concerned were you for safety? Because especially for Mexico, there's this, I don't know, it's kind of unfair slant that people have. Okay, yeah, one of the, under priority list, one of the top items is safety. They feel like something will happen if they're just walking around alone. Um, was that any of your concern or? Um, no, actually, for, for Mexico City, I... I I done my research uh, online that and I, you know I I found out from other people that you know it's a pretty safe city so I wasn't do well I should just to be clear I think it's it's safe it's pretty safe as long as you're in in the right areas so you know as as we're recording this you know we're currently in the Roma neighborhood right uh, which is one of the safest uh, neighborhoods in Mexico City. And I think as long as you're in, you know, in those, you know, like the, the more, like the more expensive trendy areas, like the safety here is going to be comparable to like a safe city in the U.S. Right. So those safe areas, are they just, so I've heard of Roma, Condesa, I know about Polanco, of course. 
Um, is there any other like Juarez is also kind of in the uh, same? Family? Yeah, yeah, Juarez, yeah, Juarez is pretty, uh, pretty safe as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coyacan. Oh, yeah? as well yeah Coyacan, I've uh is pretty safe uh no palace I mean those just just oh, some Escandon. areas that I know Escandon is also a good one right I've heard that yeah one is... like any like any of those any of those areas that are that are next to Roma Condesa Polanco like tend to be pretty safe is Doctoris uh, neighboring to Roma or yeah Doc- I think Doctoris is an exception uh I I've I've heard some pretty uh bad things about Doctoris that it's yeah. like not a very safe area so I, I try not to venture out there yeah no it's, i've heard a lot of shark stories these sharks i've heard it's full of sharks full of sharks yeah, yeah. so like if, yeah the just mexican dude told me that like if you're walking around alone and they spot you that you're not local or whatever and then something might happen to you so, oh, okay yeah so I, okay so i don't have to worry about encountering jaws <laughs> yeah. uh central historical how, how's your experience like have you met anyone who like as an expat lives in central historical it's like a a leap away but some people also say it's kind of safe but it's where you get to experience really like living with a lot of like mexican culture and just a lot of not tourists a lot of locals and you know yeah, I I don't know. I I actually don't know anyone who lives in in El Centro. Yeah. Um I I've I've only been there just like just to check it out. Right. And you know to walk around and um you know just like for tourism purposes, right. but yeah, I I normally don't venture. I think I've only been there once or twice or right. anything. Okay. And then that first time when you start thinking about um coming down how did you plan that? Like, obviously, you have to take care of your job. You can't just abandon everything. And I don't know if you've lived, if you used to live alone, or you had an apartment that you had to kind of rent out or somehow deal with. And of course, just like planning so much for like accommodation here is a, like, especially these days, a bastard. It used to be, I, th- I think I've, I hear it used to be easier, but now because of all the, influx and the competition it's getting more expensive and it's harder to find so how did you plan all that out um yeah so i i you're you're totally right about the the housing prices going up and yeah when i was first living here in 2020 i found a place uh, via airbnb Mm -hmm. and yeah just you know renting month to month and yeah like i think back then like i could and this wasn't even that long ago i mean like 1200 US dollars would get me this nice place like just with a like in a luxury building with a doorman and like all utilities paid for and yeah like that was on Airbnb and I think I looked into that same place oh, it, recently the, it was just Air, an Airbnb I thought it's uh it's just uh, an independent deal that you can find on Facebook Airbnb 1200 that's super cheap yeah but this was in 2020 yeah yeah, so I think when I looked into that place recently, like it, now that place would be two thousand a month. There you US go. dollars. And it's uh, I don't know how much of it is Airbnb being stingy and greedy, but those guys, I mean, I've heard that they charge thirty like thirty five percent of the whole deal goes to Airbnb, and it's like too much of a commission, I guess. Yeah, right? I mean, it's yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it, partly the blame is on Airbnb, but also. Uh, like you said, the 
the influx of Americans and foreigners hmm. have also uh, yeah. made demand go up. And then another another factor which didn't exist when I was here before is that now the Mexican government uh, puts a like puts a tax on Airbnb, and I oh. think that tax it's I don't I don't know if it's a if it's like a a set rate like or it just depended on neighborhood but uh-huh. uh for the place that like when I rented a Airbnb this time around like it was a sixteen percent tax on top of uh on top of the Airbnb fees okay so. You didn't have have to use to pay tax here when you booked an Airbnb at all. Like there was no tax on your bill. That was, uh, that's incredible. <laughs> so in in twenty twenty, no, there was there was no tax. Okay, but now what I uh, a way to get around that is that you know I would I would just rent I would just book through Airbnb for uh, for a month mm-hmm. and then just for that first month, so kind of just pay pay extra and uh, suck it up. And after that first month, I would just pay the the owner directly, oh, yeah. just, and that would just completely cut out uh, cut out the bullshit. The, the government tax. <laughs> yes, the bullshit. There we go. Because <laughs> <You, laughs> I was I, trying not to cuss, but uh, no, you, you did it for me. I like it. I like I like cussing because it's it's totally bullshit. I come from Canada. And it's uh, it's the land of taxes. It's just you breathe and you tax. You pay tax. You you drink water. You pay tax. Whatever you pay tax. And uh, I'm just sick of it. Yeah, but, man. God, God bless the America. <laughs> yeah. God bless certain states in America. Not all those states. <laughs> yeah. Just a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, so the first thing. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. You book the first month and then you make a deal with um, your Airbnb host separately, which is a genius option. But now people are doing it. They only book it for two or three days. That's what a lot of my that's what a lot of my friends did. That they find a good option, just test it out. They go and either they even pretend that they're booking so they can like message the owner, and then when they go see the place, they cancel and then they um. By the way, if Airbnb is listening, I'm sure there ever are these all these uh, t- tricks, but and then when they see the place, they make a deal with the owner um, themselves, or they st- after they spent two three days and they're sure that they like the place. They make a deal for a month or two, and it's totally smart and valid, and I like it. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think Airbnb is the only option, right? Especially if it's your first time coming down. Like, you can't trust people on Facebook, right? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a good idea to at least start out with Airbnb. Yeah. That way you can establish a relationship with the host. Yeah. Um, because I tried to uh, just, like, message random hosts and see if I could, uh, cut out Airbnb. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, not sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, um, you know, because they didn't know me, they, they didn't really feel comfortable with it. So that's why I, you know, booked first and then, uh, and then once I, you know, I showed the proof to the host that I was a good guest, then, you know, I was able, it was a lot easier for me to do that. Uh, but I, I also, another, another tip is that uh, you don't necessarily have to book for a whole month. I mean, you can also just book for uh, one or two weeks right? and then, and then pay the host directly. So yeah. that's, that's an option. I only did one month because 
uh, I didn't in fear that somebody else would have, uh, yeah. you know, taken, uh, like yeah. booked, booked the place. So yeah, you it. wanted the whole month to be blocked off for you so you can, uh, have the flexibility. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I've heard of this website, Rumi or Rumi's or something too. Oh, I uh, haven't heard of that in a long time. I think that was like. I think that was like I found a f- back in college. I found a, yeah, I found a few decent options on Roomies too, but it was just the communication is just, just was on the website was too shabby. Um, they had this crappy chat platform that they would take a day for them to get the notification and they would get back to you and you couldn't exchange phone numbers, I, I guess. And uh, it was just a slow process, so I gave up on that. But funny enough, like after my second Airbnb, which was a kind of a, a debacle, I had to get out there as soon as I could. Um, I found something on Facebook, which turned out to be a decent place with a good landlord and and just nice roommates, which was um, um, a happy accident. Like, it's not often that people find good deals on Facebook, but that's also... But I would try Facebook when I'm actually in the country, in that neighborhood. Exactly see and talk and you know all that stuff yeah i i was just gonna say that like that's yeah i think uh like going the facebook route is like yeah it's it's better to be in the country and like meet the um meet the host in person yeah what do you think of these uh expat groups on facebook have you had any experience with them like build relationship or anything no actually i haven't tried any facebook groups for mexico uh, and i think that's mainly because I'm already part of expat groups, uh, ex- sorry, expat groups on WhatsApp. So I, I don't want to get too overwhelmed oh, yeah. being involved with those groups. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've certainly met, uh, I've certainly met some people on WhatsApp groups and also, um, meetup.com as well, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, which is how we met and why oh, yeah. I'm, why I'm on here. So yeah, yeah. thankful to meet up, but, um, <laughs> thank you meet up. <laughs> how did you, what's your experience with, with WhatsApp group? Are those, just because usually when they get too crowded, it becomes a place to just promote their business or their tours or whatever, or like there's some sort of drama going on. But how's this WhatsApp group? So I, I'm part of a few. So and they're all over the place. So the the groups that tend to have more than a hundred members tend to be the more spammy groups. Yeah. And those are the ones where you you just want to put it on mute, <laughs> <laughs> or or else or else you just lose your mind. Uh, but the the smaller ones, you know, they're not as active, but you know, people tend to be more genuine with their intentions mm-hmm. on there. Like you know, people are like you're more likely to uh, like get together with people who who want to meet up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think it's good to at least check out both. Uh, I mean, it it certainly doesn't hurt. Just as long as uh, you know, I, as long as you're not too active, because I I can't like. I just have too many. I'm I'm a busy guy. Like I just don't have time to like immerse myself into that, and you know, um, have my message be read by hundreds of people that who I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay, so that's for accommodation. Airbnb is a good one. Um, did you have any like? How did you take care of your job situation? Was that fully remote back then, or? Did you just let go and we're like, I just want to like take a break for some time. Uh, so I am currently working and no, no, the first, the first time around in 2020. Oh, okay. So yes, uh, my previous job. Uh, so that was actually, uh, that was actually remote. Uh, 
Uh, okay. But that was I got that was I got hired there in 2018. So before the uh, before that thing happened yeah. that we should uh, we should not why, name. Why not? What is it? COVID, Corona, <laughs> China yeah, virus. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the mo 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 Modelo virus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So this this was before all of that, and um. There, there was an office to go to uh, for that job, which you know I would occasionally travel to because mm-hmm. it was in another state. Okay. Um, but I was hired on as a as a remote worker, and you know I when I was fir- when I was first hired in that job, I was living in in New York City. Okay. Uh, which was my home for uh for a while. Okay. And it's funny because after I got that job i i didn't really see the point of living in new york anymore like it just i was like well you know i i can be anywhere hmm. you know e- yeah. even the you know as long as like the time zones aren't too crazy i can live wherever i want and my you know i asked my so i asked my manager uh, if i could if i could live in uh, canada for a while and that's and he was cool with it so that's what I did. I was living in in Montreal, uh, mm. Qu- uh, Quebec. Yeah, <laughs> Montreal, Quebec, and uh, you know took took some French classes there, and uh, it was perfect for me because it was also the same time zone right. as the the job uh, the job I was working. So yeah, I just figured I'd do it there, and then you know occasionally take um, take business trips. And yeah, I just, that, that's how I started. And then that's, um, in 2020, I was working that job and coming here to Mexico. And then when, when the pandemic hit, uh, unfortunately I was laid off, uh, from that job. Uh, yeah. Which not was, a surprise. Uh, Everybody was laid off. It was just collecting checks. Yeah. Uh, even like uh, this, 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 this guy, like I had this, uh, I, okay. I had this apartment, uh, rented in, in Toronto, but I was actually sharing it sort of with the landlord because he what he did was he kind of laid himself off <laughs> when, when oh, all yeah? that yeah when, when all that jazz went down he was like because he he was working for this called car dealership and the car car dealership owner was i don't know his um brother-in-law or like sister's boyfriend or something they had some sort of relationship so it was like just just lay me off. I'm going to take a break for a while. I'll just collect uh cuz Canada gave a um used to doll out $2000 a month to anyone who got for laid off for any reason at all. International students um whatever line of business you're in, doesn't matter. We just give you the money. And um he was like, "Yeah, it's easy money. I mean, I'm just sitting at home watching Game of Thrones and $2000 a month coming to my account tax free." Tax free? I don't know if it was actually tax free because everything is taxed in Canada. But it was a good amount <laughs> for not working. So yeah, that's um, how Canada dealt with. Oh man, you guys, you guys got a, uh, you, uh, a bet, bet, uh, you guys got a better deal than what we did. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because Trump was your president, and I think uh, he, he was wiser in that term. Because look at Canada now; it's it's going it's downhill, and it's downhill as far as I can see. Yeah. And, and and just just to clarify, you know, when I when I say a better deal, like I'm not, you know, I, I'm not advocating that 
like stimulus checks are a good thing. I'm I'm 100% against uh, printing money because that's that's how we we are uh, in the problems that we're facing now with inflation yeah. is literally because the government just printed too much money. Very and now good. we're we're facing the uh, the ramifications of that. Yeah. It makes hundred percent sense. So, but kudos to your company for letting for let, having such an open mind, letting people work from wherever they want. Twenty eighteen was not very common to find people who were allowed to work from anywhere in the world, ex except for a few lucky ones who had the, like incredible skills that they could pull that off and kind of have that term in their offer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I, I I'm not gonna name the company, but you know if uh, if anyone wants to do some research, uh, you know if you can just find me on LinkedIn and uh, <laughs> I'll have I'll have my complete work uh, history on there. Oh, nice, your LinkedIn yeah. is up to date. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no, it was it, it was a tragic experience for me. I, I loved that job. Uh, I I couldn't think of any downsides uh, to it. It was it was I had a great time there. Um, but the unfortunately the company doesn't exist anymore they oh, actually wow. that the, the same year i got laid off uh, they they ended up getting acquired by another company okay so yeah most 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 people in that company ended up getting let go anyway oof rough who would have thought this shit will happen in our lives man. i know man i know that this is why i crave the simpler times oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to complain too much because there's obviously our previous generation, a couple generations ago, there was Ward Wall, and you don't want to be in that kind of bucket, but <laughs> this was True. kind of rough too. Yeah. So good. So if someone's thinking about um, maybe, because it, it was like, even for me, that I knew that um, I could work from anywhere. It was totally remote. My boss was so supportive. He was like, as long as you get the job done and the project deadlines are not moved too much, we're good. Um, I don't even care about the time zones. Like we can adjust to meetings or just like not even have meetings. Just, um, just send updates via email or whatever on Slack. So he was so cool. But still, there was this kind of I don't know. There was this, um, there was this voice inside me that was like a little intimidated. It was a little inconvenient to leave my apartment, leave the city and neighborhood where I knew everything, where I knew where everything was and just like go out, travel. I don't know why. You never had that feeling. It's like, I'm, I'm, I, I already know where everything is. I'm comfortable. Why? Oh yeah. I've absolutely had that feeling. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I, I think for, you know, certain types of people like us, you know, I think we have that, you know, we have that drive, you know, to like, to see new places. Like I, uh, one, it's funny. So one, um, one fictional character that, uh, I, I relate to a lot is, uh, Jack Skellington from the, the, the nightmare before Christmas. Like, mm -hmm. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm. And, you know, he, like, he gets bored of Halloween town <laughs> and he wants to like explore, uh, other places. So that's, and that's something that I related to because yeah, as, as a kid growing up, you know, although, uh, my family and I did travel a lot, it was mostly within North America, mm -hmm. like North, you know, North America, the Caribbean, um, like we didn't, like we didn't go to Europe or Asia or, you know, other continents. And I took my first, my first solo international trip, 
I was 19 years old and I went to Japan and it was like, wow, just like everything, just like, like this, uh, like dopamine rush, you know, going to like this, uh, like going to like the far East, like in a different culture and like looking much different than, than the locals. Uh, great experience. Especially Japan, man. Of all countries, it's so, such a drastic difference. I know. And I, and I, just, I, always, I, and I always had a fascin- fascination with Japan. Like growing up, um, you know, I, I was a you know, big fan of uh, Japanese animation. Mm. So that was also uh, part of it too. I wanted to see like where, you know, the place where uh, all those shows came from. Did it live up to your expectations? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I ended up going back uh, a few years later. Yeah. So uh, were you there as an exchange student or something? Or was it just... No, leisure? it was just... No, I was just there for two weeks okay, on, wow. on vacation. Uh, but on your own as a 19-year-old? Yes. Did you right. any Japanese? I'm, I'm guessing not. No, at that time, no. I, I did later take a class in college. Okay. But I've, I've just... Don't don't ask me about my uh, my Japanese language skills because they're <laughs> they're uh, they're 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 not worth talking about now. <laughs> How was your time back there? Like, w- w- were you alone and just like always like, marveling on the streets, just fascinated by the culture and everything they had, or did you get to meet people? Were you able to make friends? So I actually had so that time I had a um, a, a family member living there. Um, not not a close not someone like that close to my family but like someone you know like one of those um like distant cousins right that yeah it's yeah yeah, he was he was living there and so i i had some place that i could stay and you know he also showed me around too Mm. um uh he he, he and his wife yeah so yeah uh, that was uh, that was nice to have i think it's all you know when you know somebody uh in another country like oh. it it just like it really helps it you know helps you have that so sense much. of community 100 percent. but were you able to make friends with the japanese people like japanese kids same age maybe i don't know you run into them you're like hey i'm from the states yeah you're from japan let's make friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i mean <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't say like you know close i, I would say like a close friendship but uh Certainly, no. I I did. Uh, I do have memories of um, like going to an arcade, oh, wow. and, and yeah, an arcade in Osaka, and just you know playing uh, like playing air hockey with uh, like some kid over there, like who didn't who didn't speak a word of English, mm. but we still like we we were we still connected. Yeah, you know, on a on a certain level. Sure, man. Body so cool. language. We're humans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like we all, you know, we, we, we all use our hands, you know, we all, we all, we all smile, you know, we all, we all display emotion. So yeah, that's sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, uh, my first serve, my, obviously it's my first time in Mexico and, um, in Los Cabos, the Airbnb, I booked the person, the whole family and, uh, the, the, the lady who was actually in charge of the place, didn't speak a word of English, and I should have spoken Spanish, honestly. But I mean, what what are you gonna do? It was just like it was. I didn't know Spanish, but it's still we really, like we had this rapport, like we had a good relationship, like we knew we, when we, the other person was happy and like what I wanted and our, my expectations were and what her expectations were and just everything went great. And I wrote a perfect review for her, um, just like a almost a page long review of how 
what an amazing and incredible time I had. Uh, and yeah, so I'm just saying this because some people think that like the language is such a barrier, but not, it shouldn't stop you from coming down, right? No, not at all. And you know, and it's unrealistic to learn every single language anyway. Yeah. So I mean, even like you know, it, it takes a lot of time and effort to to learn a new language. So I think as long as you can speak just the basics anywhere you are, then the locals will at least appreciate it. I mean, that's and that's just that's just a universal observation. Right. Um. Yeah, it's just not possible. I mean, I've certainly, you know, I've certainly met my fair share of um, uh, foreigners in the U.S., especially New York. I mean, New York is, mm. you know, uh, like living there, I was just, you know, used to meeting uh, tourists there mm. that, you know, spoke little to no English, uh, but they would, you know, stop and ask me for directions. And, you know, I was, you know, happy to, to help them out. So I think there's that, um, I think that's just part of being human. Right. You know, we just like, we just have that, like, you know, we just love to, um, you know, show like, show kindness to other people. Yeah. And like that, uh, that also makes us feel better. True. Good on you, man. These are very, yeah, rosy and rainbowy thoughts that I love. But unfortunately, I try. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not always like this, by the way. I, I have, I, I have my dark moments, believe me. I know. One of them was the, I guess, on Wednesday. What happened? Can you, can you tell me? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it goes. Just let, let, let it out. Come on, man. Like, uh, put, so, put. Uh, without dropping any names, um, uh, I, I had a, a work-related issue on Wednesday. I had a, uh, had a talk with, uh, with my manager, mm-hmm. and you know, I heard, uh, much to my surprise, I heard some... Uh, some negative feedback, uh, in regards to my performance. And it, it, it just, that meeting just like broke me for the rest of the week, like just ruined my week. And it was just hard to, uh, it was just hard to get, be concentrated mm. at work. Cause you know, I think, uh, I think criticism is, is, is important. No doubt about it. But I also think that, you know, having some positive reinforcement can also help. And another factor to this, too, is that uh, is being remote and, you know, not not seeing my coworkers face to face, which is, you know, the one the one negative aspect of remote work. And it's like the one reason why uh, why I, I sometimes do long to go back to an office is just for that human connection, hmm. you know, because when you. Um, yeah, that, that's just how you, because when you, when you don't see your, uh, the people that you work with, you know, you're just like, you're just not going to establish a connection right. with them. Do you feel like that's also, uh, plays a factor in them assessing your performance? Cause you're, cause you're out there, you're remote and they think, oh, well, yeah, he's probably laying on his bed, just like um, facing a, a beach and absolutely absolutely and they don't 100%. know that you're actually working like you response like you're taking responsibility and you're uh, um not that kind of like i don't know how well they know you but usually there's this little uh there's um there's just this uh negative slant 
towards people who work remotely and it's always thought that they're on their own schedule they just do the bare minimum and they just like click like check the meetings and and that's it i i completely agree so i've noticed that there's actually more pressure on me to to perform better Mm -hmm. as a remote as a remote worker compared to the workers in the office now when i was first hired at this at this job uh, everybody was was remote in 2021 mm-hmm. so we were all in the, in the same on the same playing field mm. but in 2022 when the office reopened uh most people living in that city ended up going back to the office but why did they, they do remote. that uh, uh, with the return why to pe- office why do people go like were they for like uh, they were um, they mandated? were forced to okay. yes yeah it was it was a requirement anybody that lived within uh, 50 miles why what's what's that number for how do you calculate that that's a good question because uh, actually there were there were some people who like during the pandemic they actually uh they actually bought land outside of the city like they lived like they bought like a a, a farmhouse hmm. you know just to because you know it was they didn't anticipate going back to the office. They thought mm. like remote work was going to become a permanent thing. And then like now they're being forced to go back. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Like with, with, it depends on the company. Like with my company, it's a, you know, three days a week. So it's a hybrid situation, mm. but uh, I'm not sure how the people who, um, who live in the outskirts of the city are dealing with that. Yeah. I don't understand. These like managers, they're dumb. You're stupid. Like, just just look at the trend of your business. <laughs> you don't know your own business and how if it's going well or not, and then you can decide whether this person is performing or not, and then like give him a warning or no. Like, just let him go. But don't be like you have to come to the office for like what? Like they're wasting an hour, two hour commute every day, and when they get to the office, it's they're tired, and then they eat crappy food, especially if you're like a busy guy like yourself, like a software developer or engineer you don't have the time to cook for yourself so you usually go out and have a terrible diet which also affects your performance it's just all negatives i don't understand it yeah yeah i i think that remote work should should be a choice uh like it should just i think uh, a happy medium is just to have the option of going to the office or mm. working from home now i i do believe that you know working in the office does have its benefits and like you're more likely to be retained at the company and to to be promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there there's absolutely benefits to it uh, when you know when your manager and your coworkers see you face to face. But you know, having known that, you know, if if you know that information and you still want to want to work uh, remotely and you know save yourself time commuting and uh, you know save yourself the stress of commuting. And maybe you know, maybe occasionally travel as well. Uh, it's also nice to have that option as well. Mm. So, how unfair were they in their performance review? Uh, how, in regards to me? Yeah, yeah. On on Wednesday, how, what, like, what are some of their um, elements in that review that was totally unfair, and they didn't know because they had no idea what you were doing down here? Um. No, I, I I'm. 
my my travel wasn't really brought up okay. at all. Uh, this was just uh, this was just strictly uh, performance issues mm. at work. But this was like in regards to one specific task yeah. that I was doing. Mm. Um, so yeah, like without getting like into too much information, like it was just one. There was one task that I was working on that uh, took longer than anticipated. Right. Um, mainly because you know I'm. I, it's probably a couple of things. You know, one, it's you know getting used to the technology, uh, which I never had prior experience with. Mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, not being as experienced as other developers. But in, they should have known team. that. Like they hired you, and they knew their your level of experience, and they should have set their expectations, right? But yeah, but you know, the, the thing about. Um, and yeah, we just, yeah, we don't live in a perfect world. Um, the thing about, you know, working at a company is that uh, whether we like it or not, like we're always going to be judged right. uh, in comparison to our coworkers. So, you know, if, if, if I was in a team with all junior developers, then I would be judged according to their metrics. But since everybody else on my team is, uh, mm. is more senior then you know, I'm just going to have, like, I'm going to be expected to uh, perform at their level. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a tough spot to be in your company. But whenever there's, like, a few people that are at all, you know, they're a little, like, slower than you, you feel a little safer and, uh, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but Yeah, I actually, I read this, um, like, someone someone made a comment that I thought was really interesting. And he said that 90, like, 90% of firings are like due to someone like not fitting in mm. to the, in their team. So like you get, like you gave some examples. So like it could be uh, a man in, in an all like all woman team yeah, or uh, a straight who is not in an willing all gay to team. transition. What, what's that? Who's not willing to transition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we're, <laughs> he still has his pronouns. He, him, that <laughs> backward, stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Damn those SJWs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's a lot of that is. And I think, you know, um, you know, in in my situation, um, I, I haven't I haven't been fired yet, uh, but <laughs> um, you know, I'm definitely. I think there's two things that are going against me. One is that I'm I'm a remote worker mm. amongst a team of in office workers, and I'm I'm a junior. Well, not not that junior, like mm. junior mid level amongst a sea of seniors. Right. Yeah. Yeah, those are big, big factors. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, let's. I mean, talking about work, it's a little unrelated, but do you think, um, let's say, an American uh, dude like in his twenties or even a nineteen-year-old, can they? How are the laws? Like, can they come down here and just find a job, whatever? Like, maybe um as a server in a restaurant or a bartender just like to if for someone who doesn't still have um like everything in place in their life they still don't have like that perfect remote job um maybe they're not in college so they're just curious about they they just want to travel 
you know um so without making it too complicated is it possible for the for them to come down maybe find a job yeah, especially if they know a little bit of spanish and then maybe get a life going here gain some experience and and then go back is that is that a scenario that they could they could play out well i would imagine that there's going to be visa issues in that scenario uh, most of the people like most of the foreigners that i meet here in mexico city are remote workers mm -hmm. they either have a residency visa which is pretty easy to obtain uh or they're just working in a like a six-month mm -hmm. tourist visa because mm. as a as americans and and also canadians like we get six months yeah, yeah on arrival so it's not guaranteed easy. anymore though like just uh no th that's what i've heard uh i i did get six months this that's the story behind my like it's it's not the whole story behind the laptop stickers i'm not a sticker guy i don't like too many stickers on my laptop but i had to yeah <laughs> in the airport because just to like pretend at least that this is just like a gaming laptop I'm not here to work remotely because once they find oh, out wow. especially in cdmx or Cancun airport apparently they, they're cracking down they're like well yeah you just gotta camp down here don't pay any taxes to our government raise the prices for the locals so sorry not sorry only one month to stay granted mm, I see yeah. I've heard about that as well but hey at least we're contributing to the economy yeah a little bit I mean I'm not contributing much but because <laughs> uh, I don't eat out that much but uh, yeah I'm co contributing a little bit yeah, but make, yeah make, stickers, making dollars spending pesos yeah the stickers guys that's uh that was a nifty trick like it worked out perfect oh i like that yeah, okay yeah. oh you just gave me an idea yeah although you probably don't even like i don't know how this trend will go but probably won't even have to do it but it's it's a really small investment and a whole lot of just like certainty and confidence <laughs> yeah no oh for sure <laughs> For sure. Yeah, if I ever if I ever do decide to stay in Mexico longer term, yeah, I, I'd probably just go the the residency visa route. Yeah, since... I'm already thinking about obtaining my residency when I go back. Um, but what for? Like, is there an age limit? Like a 19 year old can they apply for a residency here? Uh, or is there like so. a bank account number that you have to meet or satisfy? No, I, I, from what I know is it's just, uh, there's, there's income requirements Oh, and he's just based on income. I mean, I, I'm sure that you have to at least be 18 mm. to apply, but there shouldn't be a age limit other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so man. it's more, yeah, it's, it's more based on income. Okay. Income, not, not the amount in your account. Cause I thought maybe you could ask your daddy to like just fake something like uh maybe just transfer the money overnight and then you can show it and get your residency and then once you're down here you'll figure it out you don't need all that money from Pablo. oh i've i've never heard about that for mexico but but for other countries that's a hmm. possibility yeah i don't know because i i feel for these like young kids and i'm almost so i'm not that old <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not at but, all but again <laughs> neither am i <laughs> no uh, you look better though, but uh, oh, I'm 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 thinking like if, if I were 18 or 19, and I, and there was a chance for me to travel. I would 100% exploit it to its limit and just squeeze every bit out of it. Cause I mean, just the amount that you learn. Like, um, I didn't expect to be so like I'm not. I, 
I'm not a know-it-all now, but for sure a lot more experience than people who decided to stay back home in Toronto, just hanging around with the same people that they were in the same bars, walking the same streets. You know, it's a, it's been an enlightening experience, at least learned a lot about myself and my limitations. Yeah, and and the great thing about Mexico is that it's close to home. Yeah. So like it's just so much more convenient being out here like compared to uh, somewhere in Europe or Asia. Mm. So like if we're if we're ever feeling homesick, like we can just take a you know, quick flight or at least maybe quick for me cuz you know, um yeah, I'm a little it's closer to home for me than it is for mm. you, but still you know, it's yeah, just, not that it's far convenient. at all. No, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And every time you want to make a phone call, I mean, the family's right there for you. Like, because um, partly my family's also in Iran, and kind of scheduling a full con- phone call with them is a little bit of trouble because of the time zones. But people in Canada or states, whenever I want. Yeah, do you have to go anywhere? Like, uh, are we kind of no, we're, we're reaching the limit? Okay, because I still have. I like to talk. I like to ramble. So, do it. Uh, <laughs> do it. So, what what do you wish Mexico had, especially when you compare it to your country, to the U.S., that would have made it a whole lot better? Like, what stands out that you would say, "Oh, this will be I will the thing that I will magically add to this place, and it will make it a whole lot better." Wow. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to try not to get too ranty here. Um, but I think, no, please, one, <laughs> it's this whole podcast is supposed to be a big rant. Um, one thing, and this is kind of a, like, this is not like, I wouldn't say this is like a huge deal or anything, but one thing that I do wish Mexico had was more diversity in music. Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I get that. Right? Like, yeah. Dude, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just not like, I'm just not the biggest fan of Latin music because over here is salsa and reggaeton are just king. Yeah. Like that's it. Like they, they reign supreme. And then, but back home in the U.S., there's no one style of music that mm. is dominant. Mm. Like every every style of music is is popular in the U.S. Like you're gonna find people who are into um, into rock, EDM, uh, hip hop, country, and they're not just jazz, a fringe classical. minority. They're, they're right. actually large in numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, th- th- that's one thing that um, that I do wish Mexico had more of. Yeah. It's just more like there is more. I I will say you know there there are some techno clubs here here mm-hmm. and there, uh, which is nice. It's a little break, but. Um, you know, I, I can only do salsa and reggaeton for an hour, maybe two at max. Right, right. <laughs> so I guess you never tr- uh, tried those salsa classes in Parque Mexico, right? Uh, not yet. Yeah. No, I, 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 I have an open mind. If I could, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind trying it. It's, you know, it's. I wouldn't say it's, it's my thing, but you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm with. If I'm with someone who yeah. who is like down to try it, then yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that would give me more motivation. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like you you kind of were worried about offending the culture or people. Like I don't I don't care about salsa classes, but no, it's fair. It's um it's just a style of music or dance that you don't like. It's not a big deal. I tried it for a few weeks. Apparently, I have no talents, and um. 
I kind of, for now, I'm taking a break. I've given up for now. Maybe I'll try it again later. Who knows? But while I did it, it was fun. I mean, you just, like, what's, what's more fun than dancing with people? Just having a good music, dance with people, uh, make some friends. You know, that was fun. But after a while, it kind of, it became old. And yeah, I, I, I feel that. I feel that. But, you know, I, I'm... It's fine. I, I was meaning to ask you, and I I just forgot. Uh, what kind of what kind of music are you into? Oh, uh, depends on the mood. So it depends. Like because I I so got you. Like I felt you when you said um, different uh, a wider range of music um, would have been great here. I it's been a while. I've been kind of having this um, nagging feel, like um, craving for for a blues. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. nice. Like blues rock, rock blues, or I don't know if it's blues rock, rock blues. How do you say it? Anyway, um, but there's no bars. There are no bars here, even though the bars are so beautiful and like charming and cozy. But the music is always, like you say, salsa or reggaeton or whatever. Yeah. So I've, I've been uh, missing that a whole lot. Yeah. And I would say it's, um, yeah, with, with the whole like, the the Latin music dominance, I'd say it's even more prominent in other Latin American countries. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've I've spent some time in Colombia, and I would say like you're gonna find even more uh, salsa bars there. Like if you wanna if you wanna listen to some techno, it's gonna be a little bit harder right. to find. Yeah. Have you checked out Departamento here? Like, did I tell you about Departamento? Yeah, actually, I I have been to Departamento a few times. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorite places to hang out. Yeah. Um, out here just because you know they do. Uh, like they only play techno yeah. or, you know, similar, at least EDM. And yeah, it's nice. You know, I, I, I'm a, yeah, I'm a big EDM fan, uh, mm-hmm. but I also like other styles of music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a nice break. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've heard that some nights you don't get so lucky and the DJ is not doing a great job, but usually it's, it's a, it's a great set. And um, I mean, from personal experience, it was, I just had a great night back there. Uh, I, I, Without drinking too much alcohol, I stayed on the dance floor and danced until like 5 a.m. in the morning until like they were just practically booting people out. <laughs> and so it was a lot of fun. And it's an upscale place. It's well taken care of. Um, it's clean. They have good cocktails, drinks, right? Yeah. So Departamento is one of the good spots to try. Any yeah. other Any other favorites in the area? Um, yeah, not off the top of my head. Like that's... That's the one that actually comes to mind. Uh, you know, I'm I, curious about Sunday Sunday. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it, but I never went there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and also just as a side note, like, uh, I now that I'm in my 30s, I don't go to clubs as often as I used to anymore. For me, it's just like I'm I'm totally cool just going out to dinner on a Saturday night and just you know mm. with you know, with, with someone, you know, someone yeah. that, uh, you know, someone I'm close to, you know, yeah. either a friend or, or a loved one Yeah. and just, you know, just keep it casual, yeah. you know? And I think, um, yeah, the whole, the whole, uh, staying up until 5.00 AM outings, like those are, those are becoming less and less frequent nowadays. Yeah. I feel like that was like the one time I did it in like a f- several months that I stayed out and I, paid the price the whole weekend was ruined like i couldn't like it was such a it was like one of the worst jet lags that i had 
that I was dealing with for the whole weekend. It was rough. But yeah, I get you. So I knew this person, uh, this French dude who moved to Toronto and stayed there for a while and we made friends. And then he came down to Mexico. So that was my kind of um, sort of point of entry into the social life here. Really kind of introduced me to a lot of people. And that, like you said, made life, social life especially, a lot easier. But whenever they have a party or like they're planning something, there's huge, humongous amounts of alcohol involved and the loudest music's possible. And it's just, you never get to talk to people. You never, it's so shallow. Like, I don't know how they enjoy it and they do it every weekend. And, um, they're not old. They're not too young. They're like almost the same age. Some of them are in their thirties, maybe even a few in their forties. We have a few that are in their like twenties, but man, every weekend just drinking and banging your head to the loudest music possible. And where are these guys from? Um, so this guy, like I, I only know this, this French dude, and he's made the this great network of friends here. Most of them are French, like from real France. Of course, because <laughs> yeah. I'm Canadian. Sometimes when you say French, you, you know it's confusing. Sure. But uh, and then there are a few obviously local like uh, Mexicans, and you can here and there find some like English speakers to like hang out with. It's it's kind of tough in that sense. But again, just. Just music and alcohol, and I don't know like how satisfying it is after like two, three weeks of straight doing that. I don't get them. Do you have a, have you had these people or these kind of friends that you hang out with? Oh, for sure, yeah. I, and I've also noticed like where they're from has a big, uh, big impact. Like I've noticed that uh, people from Europe hmm? tend to tend to party harder than Americans do. So here's a, uh, here's a fun little fact. So I used to live in uh, South Korea for Man, you've been around. Two years. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been around the block a few times. Uh, so, yeah, I lived in South Korea for two years, right out of college. And um, now, being a foreigner in South Korea, it's very easy to like, be immersed like, mm. with other foreigners there because there's so few of us, especially outside of Seoul. Mm. And like when I was there my first year, like I had two groups of friends, like one was uh, mainly Americans and the other one was mostly uh, Europeans, like Irish and uh, British, you know, like English speaking okay. uh, Europeans. And I noticed that like whenever I go out with the Americans, like we would usually just like, like we go out for just a couple drinks, you know, just chit chat, like very casual but then like with the with the Europeans, like it was more like, let's go out and party. Like let's like let's drink until like like we're so drunk that like we can't eat we can't like yeah. think uh think straight anymore and like stay up till five in the morning. So yeah, I, I think you know, culture has a lot to do with it. So it's the entire continent. I would have thought uh, the British would be more like Americans, but apparently not, right? Not in my experience. Okay. No, I, I'd say the, the Irish are, are the worst when it comes to drinking. I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love them, though. I, I met a few nice Irish gentlemen up in Toronto, and they're just some of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, and they're just always so 
upbeat and just like so nonchalant and carefree and i love it although they drink a lot a lot a lot and it's hard to keep up sometimes i just have to go home early and yeah they're nice people yeah when they're sober yeah i kind of sometimes when you hang out with them you feel like a pariah maybe if you don't drink as much yeah 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 um so but Five more minutes? Okay, you don't have to say it like that. We can say five more minutes. Yeah, I was going to ask about uh, also the fact that since you said you've been to South Korea, now Japan, Mexico, you're going to Spain, and then Colombia, you've been, you've been around. You're kind of a rare breed among Americans. Would you agree? Because I've heard that most Americans don't even have a passport. They don't care enough to even get their passport. I've heard of that as well, but there's, there's a lot more Americans who have passports than you would think. Like when I was, do they travel? Do they go like to Europe, to Asia? Do they travel, move around? Uh, the Americans that that I that I know have at least. I mean, but I've also know I also know people uh, back home who like they haven't traveled. Like they've maybe gone to Canada or Mexico hmm. or somewhere in the Caribbean, hmm. if anything. So like very minimal travel. So it's kind of a a wide range, yeah. actually. But you know, whenever. You know, whenever I would, let's say, like, when I lived in New York, you know, I met, like, a lot of people who had, like, traveled to Europe mm. just because it was, like, so convenient to do so. Um, but there's, there's definitely a lot more Americans who have passports now before. So I remember at least 10 years ago hearing that uh, only 10% of Americans have passports, but, like, that's... But that's outdated now. Mm. Like, the number is definitely up. Oh. I, I don't know the exact percentage now, but it's way more than 10%. Mm. Like, at least, it's, it has to be closer to 50 now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Biden had something to do with this, too. Like, he helped a lot. Um, so, did you, always, <laughs> sure. did, you always, did you always want to travel? Like, as a kid, did you always have this dream, like, going around the world and being so free? Or was it just, like, it came up and you just ran with it? Um, I, I always had the desire to travel. Yeah. At a young age, yeah, just to see other places, and um, yeah, I think you know, especially like Europe and and Asia. Mm. Uh, when I was younger, like I made it a goal to like go to Europe before I turned thirty, and uh, I ended up achieving that goal at twenty nine. There you go. <laughs> turned thirty on during the trip. Wow. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, it was cool. So yeah, I, it just it was part of me, but I would say nowadays I feel less inclined to travel hmm. like i'm not like i've already been to most places that i've wanted to go right. and i just want to like my my goal for the future is just to establish roots somewhere hmm. and just you know uh you know find someone to to settle down with and you know start a family like i think that's that's ultimately um it, it's just it's what's going to make you happy nice you know that's nice, it man. like that's that's what we were as humans, like that's what we're programmed to do. Exactly. It's in our genes. Exactly. Like maybe it's not for everybody, but it's for most people. Yeah. No, I know for myself, I can't fight it. It's in my genes, no matter how hard right? it is. Yeah. But I, I have to do it. Even though I say that I can't see myself in a relationship, blah, 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 but I have to do it. Like, it's, Same. Yeah. Same. It just, and I, I would say that the feeling intensified after I turned 30. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Awesome, man. Let's finish it on a high note. Thought-provoking um, ending. Thank you so much for your time, and I wish 
that dream of yours comes true very soon and you find the best place to live and best person to spend your life with. No, absolutely. Um, no, thank you. And I hope to, I hope to do another, uh, another podcast like this. We'll definitely do it. I'll probably travel to Spain cause uh, like you're, uh, such a motivation. I want to see the world just like you. And then hopefully, yeah, it's keep in touch. And by the way, I, I enjoyed this conversation so much. Just probably one of the best ways I could have spent my Friday evening. Same here. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks, man.